if the practice is successful, I think you walk away with tools that allow you to be able to, one, continue that journey on your own, which is Mm. if things around me are in utter chaos, I know how to feel safe within my body and within my mind. I have the tools in order to do that. You know what I mean? Love that. Yes. Wow. That's a bar. That is big. That is amazing. Yeah. Welcome back to the Zen Trap. I'm one of your two hosts, Yogi LG. Zen P. Here at the Zen Trap, our mission is to inspire and empower people to continuously seek internal peace, to maximize their personal potential. Uh, We have a great interview for you today. P, why don't you tell them who we got today? We have a very special guest. We have a Aggie alumni. Shout out to the A&T. HR executive, (laughs) interior designer, holistic coach. You looking at me. We got Jasmine. Farah. In the building. In the building. What's going on, Welcome to the podcast. The topic of the month is still awareness as we're rounding it out. You were one of the first people I thought of when we were thinking about this topic. I am a silent follower of yours. I love seeing your journey online. I want you to post as much as you can. I love seeing you try different things and just posting and being very vulnerable about your journey. So uh, here at the Zen Trap Podcast, we like to let our guests give themselves a chance to introduce themselves. You can give us your life story in two minutes. We will not be timing you. You can start from birth or wherever you like, so that way we get to hear some things that we might not have asked. So take it away, Jasmine. Awesome. Well, yes, so I'm Jasmine. I'm currently based in Houston, Texas, but I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm from Maryland. Um, I Both of my parents actually were in the military, so I've actually done a lot of moving around as a child and also as an adult. And I'm super excited about just where I'm rooted currently. And to think about like where I'm at now, I have to like go a little bit further back in my journey. So I've spent the bulk of my career in human resources and more specifically within the tech industry. And up until six months ago, I decided to quit my job. Congratulations. That's how we feel about Queen Jobs. Congratulations. <laughs> and um, it was a really liberating decision for me, but it was also really scary because I had no plan. I, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, but I've also just been on this journey thus far, which has been more like building blocks to where I'm at today. And so my background and most of my professional experiences have been coaching both employees and executives and their professional development. And now I'm in a space where I'm really trying to layer onto that and actually think about personal development from a different lens. And so I've spent the last couple of months really just pouring into myself, rediscovering parts of myself, trying new things, stepping outside of my comfort zone. So it's been awesome. But then there's also been like an educational component for me. And so I've also been knee deep in a well-being, like a health and wellness certification program, which is also just like complimentary because I'm a certified executive coach as well. And so it's just been a beautiful experience. And so I'm super excited to be here because this is actually 
my first time being able to speak about the work that I'm doing, the path that I've been on, um, and also helping folks to like really bridge the gap between what it means to actually like sit with yourself and get back to yourself, rediscover parts of yourself. And so I'm super excited about that. Yes. yes. Zen Trap exclusives. Absolutely. Send them our way to see more about you. Uh, you, you have somebody that can relate with you on the uh, emotional side of quitting a job and not knowing where to go. Just FYI. Yeah. I'm not talking about me, by the way. <laughs> uh, so I quit my job as well. Uh, I quit my job last year, mm-hmm. July 2022. Cut the cord from the corporation. Yeah, I cut the cord. I also did not have a plan. Um, <laughs> I was traveling the world, ended up hurting myself, had to come back. Whole you lot can see of stuff. that on other episodes. Yeah, a whole lot of that. stuff. Um, it was definitely a, a tough journey, and it is scary. So I'm mm-hmm. here to empower you, though. Stepping outside your comfort zone, believing in yourself, manifesting what you want, it's all a part of it. It it, yeah. it just, like, catapults you into that space, whether you want to be there or not. You just got to yes. kind of, like, will yourself to do what you want to do. So. I'm I'm here to encourage you. Bet, better is coming, and you may feel great right now. But even be- better things are coming just by you taking that risk. So I'm happy for you there. And I uh, support you both. I'm still <laughs> working for the man. Um, um, I will. I do want to ask you since we're we're hopping into this. What does self awareness look like to you? That I mean, that's the topic of the month, and we kind of pride ourselves on being aware people and we're trying to encourage our listeners and followers to to be more aware so what does self-awareness look like to you oh my gosh um so for me it's been really meeting myself again which is who am i outside of any titles corporate affiliation social affiliation and it's also meant that I've had to shed a lot of ego in the process to really get to know who I am. And I think within the world today, we have so many additional factors that really limit your ability to know who you are. You know, like there's so many distractions, there's so many things that limit your ability to actually just have quiet moments with yourself. And so when I really knew that I was reaching a different level of self-awareness, it was in a space where I was comfortable with who I was, exactly where I was at that moment. No labels, no additional titles, money aside, accomplishments aside, accolades aside, and also being able to own the parts of me that I was ashamed of in the past and just being comfortable with who I am holistically. And so I know that there's definitely like different levels of awareness. There's like introspection that can help you get there. But I think ultimately when you get to a place where you are comfortable with the good, the bad, Come on, you preaching that. You preaching that. Then I feel like that is peace. For me, that's peace. We just watched something where he literally defined awareness as being able to embrace your darkness and being able to look at your shadow and be okay. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you just described that without even seeing it. So mm-hmm. that is great. Um, here for us, I know a lot of people maybe talk about their awareness journey starting in the pandemic because we had nothing to do but 
being kind of indoors and silence by yourself for some people. When did your self-awareness journey start? Is there a moment you could pinpoint where you were like, Mm -hmm. this is the time where I really started focusing and taking it serious? Or you could talk about something in childhood that just made you feel like you were more aware than others. Yeah. So I think my journey started about five years ago. So a little before the pandemic, I was working at Amazon at the time, which was really fast paced. And I was doing a million things. I was like working my nine to five. I was in grad school. I was coaching on the side. I was throwing events within the city. And I had no moments to myself. I mean, I was barely sleeping and I remember at the time, my one of my best friends who um, became my roommate during that time sat me down one day and she was like, you're never home. I never see you sleep. She's like, I literally just always see you. It's like a revolving door. Like you're just always in and out. And, it, and she was like, and I just, I don't even know how someone can maintain a lifestyle like that. And I think at the time, I I didn't know that like, keeping busy was also me like running from myself. I I had no idea, you know, because hustle culture, grind culture, it's glamorized, you know? So I was just thinking like, I'm in my bag. I have no idea what you're talking about. Especially in the black community. (laughs) You know? I'm doing my thing, baby. I'm busy. I'm booked and busy. You hear me? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I had no idea. But then towards the end of 2018, I just reached this point where I started to come home from work and I was sad. Like I was sad all the time. I could not figure out why. And there was moments where I was just crying uncontrollably. I started to turn down different speaking engagements. I was withdrawing from a lot. And I'm so thankful because at that time, my friend had the capacity to sit with me. She may not have had all the tools, but she sat with me. When we talk about darkness, I mean, literally, I would come home, not turn the lights on. I would be sitting in my room just in utter silence. And sometimes she would knock on my door or text me and just be like, are you here? And I was there, but I just had no idea what was going on. And so therapy was not in my toolbox. I did not have a therapist. I had never been to therapy. Um, Even when I started to talk about going to therapy with my parents, I got really mixed kind of, you know, feedback on that. It just wasn't a thing in my family. And so I decided to embark on a journey to therapy in early 2019. And I also relocated at that time from Seattle to San Francisco. And that to me was when my journey started. So I actually had a much different lived experience in San Francisco. I had a much smaller network. I only had a few friends. Um, I went to work, I came home, I worked out, all those things, but I spent a lot of time by myself. I was journaling, I was in the house a ton, like way more than I would have in the past. And I was really focused on doing that work with my therapist, even though I had no idea what I was about to uncover. And so when the pandemic, when you talk about when the pandemic happened, I was so well prepared for the pandemic mentally. Nice. <laughs> nice. Because nobody else was ready. She's like, oh, I've been waiting on this. You know? And I'm so thankful for that because years prior, I don't think I would. I probably, I don't know how I would have navigated it. Ooh. But having to sit by myself wasn't really an issue for me. You know? Like, I had already spent a year prior doing that and learning so much about myself and having really, really tough conversations with 
my family, loved ones, like just Mm. learning about new boundaries, places where I didn't honor myself in relationships. And so that's really when my journey started. And I think the reason why it was so important for me was because I had already been on a journey fitness wise with well-being. And that's really the only way I defined wellness was like a fitness component. So to add on that level of like emotional depth and maturity was just like, it was, it was mind opening for me. And so I think we're always on a journey. Right. And I've, I've learned so much about myself this year, but I think back, back then that's when it really started. I was like laying the foundations at that point. Wow. Generational healer over here. Man, that's, that's what's up. So I guess if I could ask a question, what is probably one of the the largest things you learned about yourself along your journey? Like what's one of the most revealing things that you, mm-hmm. you found out? Oh my gosh. Um, I remember, I mean, this sounds bad, but I remember for a while. So my, I, I was raised by my mom and my dad was not always a consistent presence in my life, but I've always known my father. I've definitely uh, spent time with him as a child and I remember hearing stories about folks that had issues, like daddy issues. And I used to always just say, like, that is not me. Like, I've never had that issue. <laughs> I don't have you know what I mean? Issue. Like, that, I don't, like that, I don't even subscribe to that. And then <laughs> I was remember, like, are you sure about that? Right. <laughs> are you sure about that? Literally. Let's pull back the layers. Okay. And so I remember um, going into my 30th birthday, I had these really big goals. And I was promoted to HR director at that time, which was huge for me. I was like the youngest on my team, actually within my broader organization. So it was a big milestone for me, right? And it was such a fleeting moment. Like I celebrated myself in the moment. Think about it. It's it's the middle of the pandemic as well. So it's like, it's not like I could go out. I was literally just in my apartment relishing in that. People were sending me things, but I remember having this conversation with my mom and I was like, I don't know. I just feel like it didn't feel the way that I thought it was going to feel. And my mom at that time was basically just expressing to me that she felt like I was so focused and so rooted in work, milestones, accomplishments that I hadn't really taken the time out to discover what I really needed to feel like overall joy and fulfillment. So it wasn't surprising to her that I reached this milestone and it wasn't enough. Like it still felt like something was missing. And at that point I felt like I went from like surface level interactions with my therapist to going really deep because I realized at that time, like, okay, I'm not talking about the right things. And I realized at that moment that one, I had a lot of just deep rooted issues and feelings that I had buried deep about my upbringing. And so I harbored a lot of resentment towards my father. Part of my like striving scholastically for achievement was to like prove to him that I could like make it even though he hadn't been in my life, you know, and almost like I'm, I'm thriving in spite of my circumstances, right? Like I wasn't actually chasing after those things for the right reason. I had a deep, deep, deep insecurity and issue with scarcity mindset. I also was really striving for very high paid jobs because I was so scared of being poor. <laughs> like, I'm Ooh. just going to be honest. Talk like, to I, I, listen, I ain't going back. You preach it to the quiet. <laughs> I ain't going back. 
I ain't going back. That's I mean, but that's I think if you look at all of us, I'm gonna say majority of us at T. Let's just take yeah. a small group of people, right? Yeah, that graduated around this time. We in our thirties now. We definitely on a. We not going back. I'm not living yeah. with my parents. I'm not yeah. giving up my freedom. Oh, I will yeah. if I need to save yeah. money. But no, nah, I'm no. Back. I'm not going back. It's I, not. I'm not gonna put myself in a situation where I gotta save money, so I gotta move back. With my it's parents. easy to say, but the comedy. Ain't, ain't. I mean, I mean, I get it. Like if I have to, I have to. But my mindset is, I ain't going back, me dog. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going yeah. back. So I definitely understand. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah. And so realizing that always you know having folks pour into me and you know cheer me on and you know always thinking like she's just ambitious she's just ambitious but not even knowing like what the drivers were right that to me was just i mean it just kind of just like blew the roof off and so i just spent so much time at that point really having no choice but to like focus on those relationships that were closest to me which which at that time was with my parents and like really focusing on doing the healing and also coming to a point where I realized like this part of the healing journey is for me. I have no expectation of my parents in this moment besides maybe giving me the opportunity to explain where I'm at, right? Yeah. If I get apologies, if I get acknowledgement, that's great. If I don't, that's okay too, right? And so like I also had to recognize that like I think I was always waiting for something. I was always waiting for my parents to do some grand gesture in order Mm. to like facilitate that growth and that healing journey for myself. And the moment I just was like, okay, it's really just, I got to do it for myself and release that expectation. I felt like I unblocked a lot. Yeah. That's, it's almost like, and I would say even for myself, once you realize some of those main things that kind of blows the roof off and you discover Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this has so many layers. It's like an identity shift. Like I identified with doing this for so long and that was who I was. Now I got to find myself kind of all over again and realize what drives me, what encourages me, what do I, what motivates me? What do I love? What do I enjoy? So definitely sympathize, empathize with that. That's very, very powerful. And your parents will look at you like, I did the best I could. Get out my face. (laughs) (laughs) You be waiting for this? Like, please. You ain't grew up in the 80s. Yeah, you ain't grew up in the 80s. Get out my face. <laughs> my parents didn't do half of what I did for you. You over here I making all this money and you crying? Get out my face. Yeah. Literally. I remember my mom, my mom being like, how much money you make? You about to do what? Right. Be broke and make, and make them same decisions to see how you feel there. Be broke and have mental health problems. Get out my face. You want an apology? Absolutely. So um, one more question that we have just kind of around self-awareness is, how would you encourage others to become more self-aware? Uh, what I guess what thing would you say? kind of piece of advice would you give to others and before you get in that i know you uh kind of were hinting at changing of careers what kind of led you to change careers because it sounds like as you started to do the work yourself uh that might have been the leading thing but was there like one thing where you were just like i i don't want to do this anymore i kind of want like what sparked that as well mm-hmm. okay so i think if you're just in a space where you're trying to get to a place of awareness. I found that quieting the noise was so important for me. And I actually also invested in a coach. So I had a coach for a while that was complimentary to therapy and he was great, but I just always replay this one question he asked me when we first started, where he said something to the effect of like, who are you outside of your career? Like, who are you outside of HR? And I remember at the time when he asked me 
I was very emotional. I started to cry because I didn't know. Like, I think like when, when you live in certain spaces, like I think about the times when I lived in DC and when you would go out and network, that was just like such a common thing. Someone would be like, what do you do for a oh, living? Right. You know Especially what I mean? In DC. DC is Especially just, in yeah. DC. DC yeah. is just all about, yeah. hey, you got to go dressed up everywhere. Yes, make yes. Sure. So what do you yes. do? How much money do you make? Right. So you're very conditioned to center your identity around what you do versus yeah. like who you really are. And so I think that in itself is like a journal prompt for everyone, in my opinion. Like, who are you outside of what you do? Profession-wise, um, what were some of the things that excited you or that you dreamed about when you were younger? Because I yeah. also realized like the things that I was thinking about as a child are nowhere near what I'm doing now. Like there are some elements of it that thread, but like, I mean, there are some things that I'm like, really, I wanted to do that. <laughs> and so, you know, I think I forgot some of those things along the way because I just kind of conditioned myself to act very similar to probably where most of our parents did, which was I'm navigating from a point of survival. So sure, I'm probably finding some fulfillment and some joy in the career path that I have, but ultimately I'm just looking to survive. <laughs> and so yeah. I think that like when you think about that, like if I could do whatever, if I could be whatever outside of thinking about money, you know, income and just like how I'm making a living every day, like what are the things that I would be doing? What are the things that bring me joy? I just think that those are like really good exercises for yourself and ultimately that is what led me to a place of exploration of where I am now career-wise which was I didn't get to a place where I said okay I hate what I do because I like I said I think there's a lot that's like complementary to like holistic coaching but I realized in some of the spaces that I was in, I just like genuinely did like the spaces I was in. And so, I just don't like these people. Right. <laughs> I do not want to be so, here. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Right. And so I I'm think like <laughs> that was really eye opening for me, yeah. you know, and it's like, and it's definitely tough because not everybody is going to have that experience where you rip the bandaid off and quit your job you know right, and so right. and i recognize that i even recognize that in some ways that's a privilege but it's also something i prepared for it right and now. so don't let me take that away from you <laughs> it's a privilege and you got the cojones to do it yeah. both and so yeah i think but the funny part for me was that getting to a point of closure in my last chapter did not come just with courage I remember at the time I was presented with an opportunity that I was super excited about and it was in the realms of health and fitness. I was going to be working with this like celebrity client. I was super excited about it and I went out on a limb and I said, I'm going to quit my job before the paperwork even comes, which I've never, you know, even yeah. like remotely done as a practice. And I quit and Literally within a week of me quitting, they came back. I mean, you know the macroeconomic environment now, and they were like, "We really don't have the budget. Like, we genuinely cannot afford you." And wow. I went to the park to go for a walk, and I was crying in the park. You know, course, <laughs> like I, I was, I was just bawling because I was like, "Okay, what am I doing? 
a lot of folks I know are being laid off. I've just quit my job. And at that moment, I just had to say, like, I do feel like there's a reason, you know, that things are transpiring the way that they are. I'm genuinely not happy where I'm at, right? And so if I stayed, I know that I would only be staying out of fear. Yep. I have, you know, saved enough that if I do take this leap of faith, I will be fine, right? I trust that I will be fine. But then also I have to go into this with the mindset that what's for me is going to find me, right? There's, there's like an abundant, you know, number of opportunities and pathways that I can take. And if I find myself in a space where I'm scared to take that leap and I stay here, I'm actually more scared of who I'll become if I stay here out of fear. Man, that's, that's powerful. That's a different way to think about that's it. That's powerful. That is so powerful. Uh, we like to talk about that too as well. Once you've gotten to that point, you can no longer go below that. Like you can find another job. So you do yeah. have a blanket, even though you're not thinking about it, you do have a blanket. Uh, what did you want to be when you were little? Uh, <laughs> outside of an athlete, I used to want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be Batman for the hood. Oh my god! Stop. You think I might can still? You, I can see you being I a captain. Save the hood. Clean it up, not hoes. I want to save the people. All right, whatever. For the hood. For the okay. hood. Batman right, for the cool. hood. All right, cool. All right. Besides all that, what does a holistic coach do? Like, there you go, jump I know in. how. I mean, I kind of know. Because yeah. I'm embarking on that kind of journey. But yeah. for everybody else, what does a holistic coach do? Yeah. Yeah. So it is interesting because there's so many ways you can go with holistic wellness. But I like to think of it as something that is definitely complementary to therapy. But it really takes a look at wellness from a perspective of like mind, body, and spirit. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you can meet holistic coaches that might also be certified nutritionists that can like help you understand like how you're physically nourishing your body and then also tap into like the emotional component and the mind set component, which is really, in my opinion, like focused on emotional regulation, right? And like giving mm. you the tools yes. that you need, whether that be, first of, it's going to be different for everyone, but it's like, that could be prayer. That could be journaling. That could be meditation, right? You know, there's also like physical forms of that, like yoga, things like that. But um, I think they also give you the tools um, in order to cultivate that practice. And I think ultimately, if the practice is successful, I think you walk away with tools that allow you to be able to, one, continue that journey on your own, which is Mm. if things around me are in utter chaos, I know how to feel safe within my body and within my mind. I have the tools Ooh. in order to do that. You know what I mean? Love that. Yes. Wow. That's so, a that is big. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that um, I, I love it. I, I'll be completely frank. When I decided I wanted to go down this path, I remember just Googling like, is there such thing as a holistic wellness coach? I didn't even know if that existed, right? I was coming out of a retreat and I was just on this high and I was like, this is the work I want to do. Like, I I love what my path has been like. And so when I actually did the research and was like, this is a thing, you know, like, but I also was looking at it like, not only is there a need, but there's like a growing need. Like if you just look need. at In what's going community. on, right? Yes. It's right? a lot of the other yes. kind of holistic yes. coaches. Yes. 
I personally would rather hear from somebody who has my experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's something about it that feels more accessible than therapy, you know? And so Mm. I think I also love that component too, because within our community, as much as I've seen, you know, Black people embrace therapy, there's also still folks that still shame it, right? And still demonize it. And there's something about the space right in between with this holistic um, wellness focus that feels trendy to some, right? Or it feels, you know, it feels, and and that's okay. If you come to me from a space of like, this is trendy and I just want to figure this out, right? Like, you know, yeah, I'm okay with that. But I find that like more folks exhibit a lot of curiosity around it than maybe they would have for therapy. And so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think therapy typically kind of just focuses on one topic where that holistic coach kind of gives you that well-rounded thing. So ultimately, mm-hmm. it's probably it, it it more aligns with a lot of people's goals. Right? I want to be a yeah. well-rounded individual. I'm not just trying to attack my emotional or my trauma. I'm trying to also yeah. look at my health and my spirit and things yeah. of that sort. And so, I've never heard that full answer before about yeah. being able to survive in chaos. That being is safe. a great yeah. celebration. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. say that for sure. I'm taking that. <laughs> Would you like help with being able to be in your body and being able to handle every situation? Um, we got a couple more questions. We got some good stuff. I want to get to so much here. Um, I got a question. So when you meet someone, like you're interacting with someone, what kind of allows you to know that they're self-aware? They're kind of on a similar journey um, and versus someone who you're like, oh, they ain't got it yet. Like kind of, <laughs> and you know, no shame in that. Just everybody's growing at different paces. So what kind of allows you to get that kind of sense from someone yeah oh the first word that comes to mind is probably accountability Ooh, because like that one. i know for me my journey in the beginning was when things were not going right in my world i was attributing that to everyone else around me right like and so i had no way to hold up the mirror and say what am i doing to contribute to this right and so i think with awareness does come self-accountability like you have to hold up the mirror turn the light inward and focus on what you're doing to create your circumstances for yourself and so people only really do what you allow and that has actually been don't, like a don't really just slide that in there. Slide bar. That. Bar. <laughs> we love a good bar. They only do what you allow. Go ahead. <laughs> so that has been like a really interesting journey for me. And mm. so one of the things that I've been um really working on within myself is, you know, I definitely tend to really pour into my relationships and I can reach a point where I'm really depleting myself, you know, like I'm I'm, I'm such a giver and I used to sometimes get to a place where I would harbor ill feelings or resentment towards folks around me because I'm like, you just continue to take, but I'm also continuing to give, right? You know, like, and so <laughs> I realized- All this emotional charity, I'm gonna take it now. You mad at me. You mad at me because I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a, I'm a take it. <laughs> right. And so I think like that in itself was like, okay, hold up. Like, what would it mean for me to honor myself and where I'm at and know that I have no more to give in this moment, right? I 
that also means you get to a place of comfort with boundaries. And that's, you know, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, when I got to that place, I was like, okay, like, it feels good to honor myself in this moment. It feels good to know that I'm showing up for you in the best way that I can. And that is enough. And if you require more, you likely have to seek that elsewhere, (laughs) but not with me. And being okay with that. And so the loop there. Come on. I feel like, you know, for most folks, like that's the loop that I feel that individuals get stuck on. And so if I see that you really struggle with I statements, (laughs) then I know that you're likely still on a journey. And that's okay. And that's okay. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I swear it feels like you just seen the video we saw (laughs) because we were talking about that from a codependency standpoint. So as a giver, you may even feel like you're codependent on them to have issues and stuff that you can pour in. Or from another side of it, that resentment is coming because you expecting you from everybody else. I'm expecting you to treat me the same way I treat you, if not better. And if you're not doing that, I'm secretly mad at you because I'm still not going (laughs) to say nothing, but I'm going to give you some bad... Energy. A little spice every yeah. now and then just to let you know. Absolutely. What is some a piece of advice you would give 18-year-old Jasmine? You about to go to A&T, you at A&T freshman year or something. What would you tell Jasmine? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> it's 2008. Oof. Yeah, I know. You know, it's so interesting when I think about when I came to and I was coming from a predominantly white school, like 97% white. Yikes. Mine was the opposite. Yeah, I was, I was with the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> the niggas. I was the niggas. Real Knicks. Oh my gosh. So, and it's, in, in that moment, I already was somewhat struggling with my identity because. I had gone through a tumultuous last couple years of my high school, going through a lot of like race relations with Mm, folks in my school. And so I think like the first thing I probably would have said to myself is like, there's safety here. There's safety here to be yourself like fully, because I think I had to go through a series of just shedding. You know what I mean? Like I was always, I was always proud to be a black woman but I do feel like when I showed up on the campus of AMT, I had conformed in a way that was palatable yes. for other people. Yes. You know? Because black people tell you what black is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, when I came on campus, there's nothing wrong with any of the things that I'm going to mention, but you know, I had my Sperry's, I had my Birkenstocks. Use a little white wine. That's what you yes, tell Use like, a little white wine. Okay, cool. You showing up all I, groovy and shit. We like, yes, hey, this girl. Yes, what are those? Yes, literally. <laughs> we got on forces. Uh, yeah, <laughs> literally. I had my little wallabies. Like I, you know, I had all yeah. those things. You weren't listening to Gucci Mane. <laughs> I, Gucci I Mane? actually. I think the rapper I was listening to the most around that time was Lil Wayne, but I had also started listening to just all other types of music where, and and look, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm fine with it. I was exploring other musical paths, but I was also just doing it to just fit in in the moment. It just was starting to become too hard for me at times to really, you know, stick out. And so I think one thing that like 
I've just had to continue to remind myself, like, it's like perfectly fine to be yourself. Actually, it's quite lit to be yourself because there's only one of you. Come on, eh? Yes. You know, you would give yourself the advice of be yourself. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good. You got one? Go. Yeah. So, um, how do you protect your peace and protect your energy? That is a, a mantra of the podcast. P Y P P Y E. We believe here. in it. Um, protecting your peace, protecting your energy is pivotal to us. Um, so how would, how do you say you do that on a continuous basis? Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think peace for me starts like in my routine. So, like when I wake nice. up in the morning, I try to make sure that I'm really setting myself up for the day and so no matter where i'm at the things that have become just so vital and important for me is to wake up and have moments of just quiet and solitude and so i've had to make smaller changes along the way with like the alarm that i set if i don't set an alarm like if i know i don't have anything to rush to the next day don't set an alarm we just, just talked about this you know so crazy. just I've been there, right just yeah. like wake up with ease God whereas right yep. right and so that has been one thing i've had to learn along the way i'm huge on breakfast and what i mean by that is that i don't care if i wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon i have to eat breakfast and that's just become a part of my routine yeah. and so that's also just like a way that I am like honoring myself. It's my favorite meal of the day. I don't like to miss it. And so like I have really established this practice every morning where I'm waking up, I'm not jumping immediately to social media, media. I'm quieting the noise. I'm making time for myself to cook myself a beautiful breakfast. Amen. I'm going to the gym, right? Mm. I don't really watch the news. That's that, that depression. Itself has given me so depression. Much, right? Have you think you about to get I don't shot as soon as you walk out the door? Yeah. My mama be like, watch yeah. the news. No. For right. What? I don't watch the news. No. I love that for me. It's just allowed me to have so much peace. But then the other piece is I'm just so cognizant of my environment. And whether that be people, I've, I've obviously had to go. Well, I don't want to say obviously because I don't think it's that easy. But I've had to shed you know, in terms of like my relationships, the proximity that folks have to me. And then when I really think about my passion for like interior design, it really came from my understanding of how impactful your physical and home environment is on your well-being. So I've also created peace in my home. So that to me has been amazing. And I I wanted to ask about that just mm -hmm. because I saw the interior design and and it looks like you set your space up. I think Mm -hmm. I saw something on the post. It was like, this is an Airbnb vibe. It's giving like just those type of things. Those minor things make a huge difference in how you go about your day. We always talk about routine and how we know how pivotal routine is. So Mm -hmm. definitely respect that. So this is the question we like to use to kind of end the podcast what is the best compliment you could receive from someone? Like this could be anything. What if it could be a stranger, it could be a family member. Uh we typically like, yeah, it could be anybody. Somebody close to you yeah. or somebody you don't know. If you got this compliment around this area, what would it be that just would make your day? Oh my gosh. Um I think if someone feels seen around me I think that's the best compliment um because I think that I've spent a lot of time focusing on 
my ability to be a better listener Mm. um, and being able to hold space for others and also being able to be a mirror for others. And so I think part of someone feeling like safe in your energy is also being able to walk away with just some other perspective around their self, their behavior. And so I think being able to be seen in an interaction with me or an energy with me in an energy exchange with me would be like the highest compliment that someone could give me. And I can tell you've done the work. You've been in the classes just even from your word choice and practice and feeling mm-hmm. safe and holding up mirrors. And I'm sure people can tell in just how you move in spaces and stuff now, just mm-hmm. your, your, your energy. Um, so I definitely want to say thank you for sharing your most valuable resource with us, which is your time. Uh, we appreciate it. Like I said, I'm definitely a social media fan. I love to see the journey. I love to see the different things you're trying, like cold baths or some retreat <laughs> out somewhere. Those retreats will have you thinking, like, I'm about to just move to the woods and just absolutely be done for a year. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with people or in general or something that you felt like you wanted to talk about, but you didn't get a chance to? Oh, my gosh. Um, no, I would just say that. I'm definitely in a space of building my brand. And so would love for folks to support me. We'll definitely have all your things linked. Please, if you have it, please go and follow her. And if you need a holistic coach and you want one that will help you move through chaos, this is your person. Yes, I love that. And so I'm officially launching my brand at the end of October. So I'm Mm -hmm. super excited about that. Um, and really I just welcome like anyone to just tap in, even if they're not necessarily on a journey where they're looking for a coach. I think I'm also just in a space where I'm just welcoming alignment in the form of like different interactions, conversations. Right. And so I'm super excited about that. And I'm super excited about like what's on the horizon. Uh, last most important question. Are you going to Jehovah? Yes, I am going. I'm so excited. I will see you there. I'm definitely (laughs) coming back as well. Um, Again, thank you for your time. This has been another Zen Trap Perspective, ZTP. I'm one of your two hosts, Yogi LG. Zen P. If you can't do nothing else, protect your peace. And protect your energy. This is Zen Trap. We out. We out. Welcome to the trap.